Hi, I'm Matt McClory, lead pastor alongside my wife, Jill, here at Colonial Church in St. Augustine, Florida. Wanted to welcome you to Colonial Church's podcast. We are a church that believes in Jesus and people, which means we believe in you. So why not today subscribe to this podcast and choose to grow your life spiritually and in all the other ways as well into everything that God has got for you. God bless you, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Awesome. We've got your Bibles. You can open with me to Galatians chapter 1. We're going to be starting a new series today, which I'm excited about. Um, If you're new to our church and you don't know this already, Um, I preach series in our church typically, most of the time. The reason for that is God gives me a a, a message or a burden or maybe a passage of Scripture or a a part of the Bible to focus in on. And so typically in our church, we preach series, but that's not always the case. But typically that's what we do, just to go a little bit deeper. I just want to say this from the outset of this message is um, 35 minutes on a Sunday is not going to be enough. So I want to encourage you, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to put courage in you to every single day, open up the Word of God and try to go a little deeper. And in this series, we're going to start today, which I'll share in a moment. There'll be an opportunity to do that. We're going to have a devotional attached to this series. So every single week, we as a church will be going through and studying together. And so I just want to invite you to be a part of that. And go a little bit deeper. And we have actually in the storehouse, we have Bibles, we have devotionals in the storehouse um, that's available. We also have something called Church Notes. And it's a little ring binder. It's a beautiful, um, you know, notepad kind of thing that you can open up, that you can start writing notes. And, and, And even if you just write down some scriptures and a few thoughts, I really believe that God uses that. And then he reminds us of it. And then we come back around to it. And really the, the truth of it sinks deeper into our lives. And so that's typically what we're going to do um, going forward as a church. It's just, you know, how I like to roll. Cool? See, I'm, I'm still cool. I'm still a cool young guy. That's how, that's how I like to roll, you know. Some of you are like, just get on with it. All right. Galatians chapter 1. Starting in verse 6, says this, Paul says to the church, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we're grateful for the opportunity to come under it, to submit our lives to it, to fasten our hearts to the word of God right now, Lord. We ask that you would bless this time, use this message, Holy Spirit. Help me to get out of the way so you can have your way in the lives of your people, Lord. Father, we thank you for it. God, we're grateful for our Bibles today. We pray for colonial kids, Lord. We ask that you would bless them as they learn, as they're encouraged, as they're built up as well. In Jesus' name. And we all said? Amen. Amen. The new series title is this, Epistle. And what we're going to do over the next six weeks is we're going to examine and we're going to study together some of the letters that make up the New Testament. It's amazing that the New Testament is basically made up of letters, the majority. And so we're going to be looking at these. We're going to be starting with Galatians today. 
And the title of part one is this, Y'all Are Crazy. Because that's essentially what Paul says to the church in Galatia. Galatia, you guys are crazy. You've lost your minds. But I want to start off this series. So the series title is, is Epistle. Today we're studying the, the Paul's letter to the Galatians. But I want to start off um, this week by talking about the literary form of letters because it's important to understand a few things. In the coming weeks, I'm going to profile some of the authors. So we're going to be, uh, I'm going to be talking about the Apostle Paul and why God used him mightily. I'm going to be talking about uh, Peter and why God used Peter to write some of these letters. I'm going to be talking about John and why God used John. But today I want to talk about why letters are important and why God would use letters to instruct the church. And when you think about it, today God is still using these letters, come on somebody, to instruct the church, to build the church. Letters were the main method of communication in the first century and around that time. It was the main form of communications outside of someone actually visiting you and going on a journey to visit you. I immediately think about the time that Jethro visited Moses and how an amazing, amazing visit that was. But outside of something like that, you basically could only have a letter. That was pretty much it. There was no videos, no text messages. Um, it was just a letter. So a few things about letters and why they're important. Letters were extremely important in the ancient world. But the first thing we've got to understand and remember is that material to write a letter was extremely expensive. And going back before Jesus' time, um, it began with tablets, literally tablets that were written with information on them. And that information steadily became more personal until the Egyptians started to create this thing called papyrus, which we know is basically like a form of paper. And what they would do with papyrus is once the letter was written out, penned with ink, is, is it, would, it would be folded up because it could be folded and could last a long time. It was very durable. And then they could fold it up, tie it with string and put a seal on it so that it would be, you would absolutely be certain that you were the first person to read it if you were the recipient of the letter. So that's why papyrus is, was so important. But it was extremely expensive. It was hard to come by. It was hard to make. Um, so if you got a letter, it was amazing. It was treasured. It was a special, special thing to receive communication in this way. Writing letters wasn't super easy because there was no postal network. There was no USPS in Judea at the time. <laughs> so in classical Greece, there were specialized messengers and ships specifically that would take communication. It took a team to write letters. You would literally have viewer leader someone that, that would write letters, then you would have a team around you that would help you. You would have secretaries. The Apostle Paul had secretaries. And depending upon the ability of that particular secretary, um, you would see the influence of the secretary on the actual letter itself. And so that's why there's some discrepancies in some of the letters. But people would use teams to make letters and get letters to the destination. Transport was also extremely hard. To get a letter from one destination to another, you had to use a courier, and the couriers were uh, paid extremely well, and it was a dangerous job 
Because that person, they had to know the people they were going to. They had to have a relationship with the community of people they were going to. They had to know people in every single town and port. And so, and often these people would get mugged on the, on the way. And so it was an extremely dangerous job. Letters were meticulously put together. People would take long amounts of time to think about a letter and then to write letters. And so it was an intense form of communication. I want you to think about this. Because of the material being so expensive, because of it being so hard to come by, and because of the challenges getting letters to where they needed to go, it was no easy task. And that's why letters were such a big deal. It was rare to get a letter. It was rare to, to receive an epistle. Now I want you to think about your Bible. Expensive material. It was difficult to get this to us. The cost was great. And there's one giant letter sitting on our coffee tables every day. A letter from heaven. 66 books, two testaments, a whole lot of work, but what did God do? Because he loves us so much, he, wants to, he wanted to write us a letter. And this is one long, giant epistle from heaven to you. And here we see the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the Galatians, and we're going to look at it in just a moment. Something really quick else about letters that were interesting is that they weren't written the way that we would write a letter. So a letter we would write now is we would, we would say to the person, then we'd write the body of the letter, then we'd sign off ourselves. It was actually the opposite in the ancient world. You would start off by announcing yourself, which we see the Apostle Paul do all the time, and then you would greet the person, and then you would have the body of the letter, and then you would close with instructions or directions, and then that was it. So that's why some people are like, man, it's so weird. There was no goodbye. There was no, you know, hey, have a nice day. Hope, you know, hope the rest of your day is good or whatever. But that's not the way they used to write in the ancient world. And that's sometimes you see that even in the Gospels, there's no ending to some parts of it. And we look at it and we're like, why don't they write like us in the Western world? Because they don't write like us in the Western world. It's different. But it's an interesting difference. There's a couple of examples in the Old Testament of letters. 2 Corinthians 21 Verse 12 says, And the letter came to him from Elijah the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father. Second Chronicles 2, verse 11, The king of Tyre answered in a letter that he sent to Solomon, saying, Because the Lord loves his people, he has made you king over them. So letters were, were important. Letters mattered. And it was important that the Galatians got this letter from the Apostle Paul. So the title of this message is Y'all Are Crazy because something had happened to the churches in Galatians that the Apostle Paul needed to address. But who are the Galatians? Part of this series is going to shift a little bit from preaching to teaching, okay? So you've got to bear with me. But there's some of this that's important because when we read the book of Galatians, there's going to be verses in here that are going to be like, man, that's a life verse for me. But you don't understand the context. This is why it's important we do this series. But the churches in Galatians were church in Galatia were churches that the Apostle Paul founded himself years before he wrote this letter. This is a general epistle written to a region of churches. Some of the churches we actually know about because we, we can see them in Acts 13 and Acts 14. It's Pisidian Antioch, Iconium, Derby, and Lystra, places where Paul went 
and in some cases was chased out and followed from town to town by people who were trying to persecute him. But this was the area of Galatia. Today, it would be considered modern Turkey, central Turkey. But this was a general epistle that was taken up by those churches as instructive for them. But Paul is writing this letter for a specific reason, because something has happened. People have gone crazy. People have stopped living for Jesus the way that he had told them and shared with them originally. I got inspiration for the title for this message from Eugene Peterson's The Message Translation. Galatians 3 and verse 1 says, You crazy Galatians, did someone put a hex on you? Other translation says, Who has bewitched you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough. So what was happening? What had taken place? Well, in the years after the Apostle Paul had been there and had taught them and shared the gospel, some people that were Jewish had come in and were trying to merge and trying to mix Jewish custom, Jewish belief, Jewish thinking into the Christian way of life. What formed Judaism was works of the law. But what forms Christianity is grace. And Paul is dealing with this theological issue that we even still deal with today. He's establishing for us core biblical doctrine. What are the main themes of the book of Galatians? If you want to write these down, you can write them down. Freedom in Christ is a major theme in this epistle. True Christian liberty what it means to truly be free from sin, we see embedded in the book of Galatians, the letter to the Galatians. Another theme is righteousness apart from the law. Another theme is justification by faith alone. And my person, personally, my favorite theme is Paul will talk about the work of the Spirit of God. This is a book of contrast too. In the, in the series Rabbi we did uh, probably about a year ago now, I talked extensively about the way that first century rabbis would teach. And there were different methods that they would use. There were different ways that they would teach um, through stories. But another way that they would teach, and so we see the Apostle Paul do this in Galatians, is through contrast. So he'll take one thing and contrast it to another. A couple of examples. He contrasts the law with spirit. He contrasts death with life. He contrasts freedom with captivity, law and grace, Judaism and Christian beliefs. This is also the oldest book of the, the, the letters of Paul. And it's interesting that Martin Luther says that the book of Galatians, said that the book of the Galatians is like the book of Romans in seed form. It was written in about 47 AD, early on in Paul's ministry. And you see the passion that the Apostle Paul has for the gospel. So what are the takeaways? Already I can tell you, like, Maddie, this is all great. Thanks for telling me about papyrus. What are the takeaways? I want to go to the inlet in a little bit. Give me the takeaways, preacher. Okay, here we go. Number one, takeaway number one. The Apostle Paul to the Galatians and also to us, you are free from your past. You want to know what the letter's about? Let's start here. You are free from your past, so don't go back to the old way of life. 
Don't go back to your old chains. I'd love it if you could write this thought down. The old way cannot and will not work in the new life. This is a word for someone today. The old way that you used to do things won't work in the new life God has for you. Your old life can't creep back into your new life. And why is that? And again, these are the contrasts that the Apostle Paul does. It gives us. Because the old man doesn't know the new man. The law does not know grace. The flesh does not understand the spirit. And as long as we are trying to intertwine these two things together, we will always live our lives frustrated. We will always feel like there's no breakthrough. We will always feel like we get so close, but feel so far. Far from God's blessing, far from opportunity, far from what God has for us. But the reason is we're trying to use old methods. We're trying to use things that have become obsolete. And all we need is Jesus. Remember, this existed for me as a brand new Christian when I was working in the financial world. Man, I was set alight for the gospel of Jesus Christ. God had done a mighty work in my heart. I was completely new. But the problem was I still existed with the people I used to do life with. I don't know if you've been there before. But God had done something powerful in my life, but I had all these pressures and all these forces around me pushing in, trying to make me revert back to the way that I used to be, but I was different. And there came a point in my heart where I tried, I, I realized that I could try to walk away from God, but I can't walk away from God because what He's done in my life, I can't ignore what He's done in my life. So therefore, I live my life with Him always with me so I can try to do whatever. It's not going to change what He's done on the inside. See, I'm free. I was free from my past. And there was a revelation, there's a realization that can happen for every single believer that you don't have to live that way anymore. You're a Christian, so the way of the cross is your new way. Can I get an amen? Amen. Paul's letter to the Galatians starts off pretty fired up. He does not use the sandwich method. You know the sandwich method? Get one piece of love, you get what you want to say, and then you add a piece of love. And The Apostle Paul, he's young, he's got sharp edges early on in his ministry. He does not waste time. He says, I'm astonished you're so quickly walking away from Jesus. These are Jesus' followers. I can just imagine them getting this letter, being like, oh, this is so nice. Man, the, the great apostle Paul has written to us, our founder, the one who planted our house of God. He's written to us. Let's all gather around and read this beautiful communication from our fearless leader. Five lines in, y'all are crazy. You've walked away from the faith. What is wrong with you? You just imagine they're like, oh my goodness. Because people were coming in and trying to insert laws and customs and trying to essentially make it a prerequisite of faith in Christ that you had to do all these Jewish things. But these were Gentiles. These were people that didn't know, and I'm going to go so far as to say, didn't care about Jewish customs. 
So you had Judaisms, you had, you had people that, that were experts in the law coming and saying, well, if you want to have faith in Jesus, then you're going to have to eat a certain way. You're going to have to live a certain way. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to go and you're going to have to be circumcised now. And these are Gentile converts and they're just like, what is going on? And it starts to creep in. The merging begins to happen and the Apostle Paul has to write to them to set the record straight and says, you are free from your past. Live for Jesus and Jesus only. See, in Galatians 2 verse 15, he says, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. The Apostle Paul tells a little bit about his story. He says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, so that we have also believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Look at this, because by works of the law, no one, no one is justified. So Paul's explaining this is the new way. This is the better way. Jesus Christ, not the old way of doing things, not the way that I used to think I had to act, but Jesus and nothing else. So how do we build a bridge from Galatia to now? This is something that I learned in seminary. A great um, thing to do is to take the text and build a bridge to your life. How does this apply to us? We've all got a past. We've all got an Egypt. We were all captive to sin. We all have a past that we've walked away from and faced Jesus and said, I'm going your way now. But we have to keep walking in that freedom. We have to keep putting our faith in Christ and no one else. Maybe you used to live with anger in your past and that was the way that you got by. Can I just encourage you, you now have peace in Jesus Christ. You don't need to look anywhere else. Maybe you used to resort to addiction to survive, to get by. But you don't have to do that anymore because you have Jesus who breaks the bonds of addiction, who can help us live free from those things. Maybe you used to go along with certain relationships in your life. That was how you, got, that was how you felt recognized. That's how you felt loved. And without those relationships and allowing those things to come into your life, you felt lonely. Well, that's the beauty about following Jesus Christ is every single day and every single moment, you'll never be alone because you have Jesus in your life. We all have a past, but we're free from it, the Apostle Paul told the church in Galatians. So number one, you're free from your past. The second takeaway is this, you've been propelled into a glorious future. You've been propelled into a glorious future by grace. You've been given new life in Christ, not old with the new, not the old with the new, and a blend of those two things, you're completely new. You've been completely made new. You can live like there is a tomorrow because now you have one. You can live, man, I, I got something to live for now. I remember being a teenager, I'd experienced so much devastation and loss. There were moments where I was just like, man, I got nothing to live for. And then I got saved and all of a sudden it was like, man, I got plenty to live for. I got so much ahead of me. Man, I got a glorious future in Jesus' name. I've been propelled by grace. This revelation changes the way we approach our lives. And Paul will establish with the church here how the past no longer hinders them now or into the future. He makes this contrast between the law 
He says, works of the law, the law, yeah, it worked for a while. It was a guardian, he says, but we have a new future in Jesus Christ. It's in Galatians 3, 25. He says, but now faith has come and we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you're all sons of God through faith. For as many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, there is no distinction. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what you look like, how you talk. It does not matter. We are all one in Jesus. You see how this is the core of what we believe? It was written to the church. Paul wrote it in this letter, and we stand on it today. You've been propelled into a glorious future. There is no distinction. It doesn't matter how you got to this party. Let's just praise God that you made it to the party. So let's all celebrate. We're all in this together. This frees everyone up to live with Christ, for Christ, but most importantly, all are in Christ. Under grace, not the law. Galatians 5 and verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. You know that verse? These are famous verses caught up in this one letter. I just love it so much. He has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. He says, you've been propelled into a glorious future. Don't try to grab onto things that used to work. Don't try to think about things that were and are gone and no longer a part of your future. Just focus on Jesus. Because for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm. You know, you might be a new believer or maybe you're in here today and you've been a believer in Jesus for a while. But there have been people that have been trying to come into your life and that have been trying to discredit your faith. There have been people that have been trying to come in and say that what you believe really isn't that real and what you, what you, what you, your, your trust in Jesus isn't, isn't enough. There's always going to be people like that in our lives. This is the message of Galatians. When you hold on to your faith in Jesus Christ and you proclaim that freedom, there's always going to be people who doubt. There's always going to be people that want to come into your life and try to hold you back. I don't know if you've been there before. You're going full steam for God and there's someone in your world that's just trying to say, oh, no, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go along. I don't want to go to the Bible study. And I don't really know if that's really real. This is why Paul says, he says, this is freedom in Christ. Now stand firm. It's going to take a little bit of courage. It's going to take a little bit of, you know, just steely conviction. To say, man, I've been propelled into a glorious future. Yeah, you might not believe what I believe yet, but can I just encourage you? I'm going full steam. I'm pressing ahead. I'm going on towards the goal. And while I'm doing that, hey, I'm going to pray for you as well. For freedom, Christ has set us free. So we've been propelled into a glorious future. That's number two. And now number three is this. How does the, the, the book of Galatians, how is it summed up? I believe it's like this. Now, protect, embrace, and use 
your freedom in Christ. Use it to love God and to bear others' burdens. That's what we're called to do. And we're still called to do that today. Use your newfound freedom to love and to walk with others. Life and righteousness come only by grace through faith. So use the free gift of grace to become a Christian and to live in a way that understands the source of all things comes from God. And this is the crescendo of Galatians. Galatians is six chapters. And I believe we see it in chapter five. Paul uses contrasts and he talks about the Mosaic covenant, talks about the law, and then he connects Abraham's blessings to fulfillment in Jesus. And he says that Jesus is the only way you can be free. Don't live with all that other stuff. And he says, but this is how you do it. The Spirit of God. Chapter five. This is how it happens. This is how we live it out. This is how we, this, this, is, this is where the rubber hits the road for Christians. This is where the church comes alive. Verse 16, he says, But I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. He says, protect what God has done, but understand it's through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we're able to do it. And you can strive your whole life and in your own strength, try to be a Christian. You ever tried to do that? I've tried it. It doesn't work. I fall flat on my face. I look like an idiot. And I look back, I'm just like, God, what was I thinking? What was I doing? I forgot about grace. I forgot about what comes through my life when I surrender to you and I just allow you to do your thing through me. And this is what the Apostle Paul says to the church. He says, as you walk in the Spirit, things are gonna start happening. Let me read it to you. It's Galatians 5, I wanna read it in the message. It says, what, what happens when we live God's way he brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in the heart and a conviction that the basic holiness permeates things and people. And we find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter five, it's the pinnacle of Galatians. That as we walk with the Spirit, what, what comes? Peace, patience, kindness. You know what's also in there? Self-control. You know, I got a whole lot more self-control than I did 20 years ago. And you know why? Holy Spirit, it definitely wasn't me. It was surrendering to God and allowing the Spirit of God to work through me. And I got a long way to go, but man, I'm grateful for the Holy Spirit today. 
because it's through the Spirit of God in my life that I can protect this freedom I have. It's through the Spirit of God in my life that I can embrace the things that He's doing in me and and doing through me, but then I can use it for His glory and His fame. Would you stand with me? That's the book of Galatians. I wanna pray. The burden for this message is to let go of the past. To be propelled into a glorious future means we have to let go of the past. But this is what we do. You know, we, we, we head off to our destination. And you know what we do is, is this is the moment where we, we can drop our bags. But this is what we do is we pick them up and we take them with us. We pick them up and we walk our lives with our past with us. With, our, with, 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 with the things that we did, the shame and the guilt. We allow ourselves to walk around. The whole time God's just like, what are you doing? Why are you carrying those bags? Just let them go. Walk away. You, you, you don't, those bags aren't yours anymore. They were, they were dealt with at the cross. The sin that you used to commit, the things that you used to do, the guilt that, that, that used to riddle you is gone. But if we're not careful, we go back over, we pick up the bags. Because somewhere deep inside us, we're like, man, I might need this just to justify myself. But that's the point of Galatians, just it's only Jesus, nothing else. So I wanna pray. I wanna pray for you. What do you need to let go of to experience the freedom in Christ that God wants to give you right now in this season? At this time, Holy Spirit, would you show all of us the area in our hearts and our lives that we need to let go of? There might be things that we used to do that we just walk around with remembering, disqualifying ourselves. We don't share the gospel. We don't share God with people because we think we're not good enough. We haven't done enough. God, would you free us from that? Maybe it's addiction. And we're using addiction as the thing that helps us get by. God, would you allow us today by the supernatural power of God to break that addiction? Even ways of thinking, Lord. Things that we used to do, patterns of thinking, transform our minds, Holy Spirit to be renewed, to be free, to experience new life, God. Father, I pray that You would do a deep work in our hearts and our spirits. Lord, I pray for the fruits of the Spirit to be expressed throughout our lives in new ways. God, I just pray right now that You would do that deep work in us. Help us to walk in step with You, Lord, to to, to be sensitive to Your promptings, Holy Spirit, to, 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 to walk with You, to to honour You, to love You, to look to You, to let You lead us home. We believe today that there's a change coming and we're free from our past. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Come on, let's sing together. Thanks for listening to that podcast. We pray it blessed you and empowered you in all that God's got for you, why don't you share that with a friend, someone who maybe needs to hear it. We'd love for you also to visit us um, either online at colonialchurch.life or here at church at 550 State Road 207 here in St. Augustine, Florida. Be blessed.